Walking Dead. Because you demanded it, spinning out of the pages of Comics Monthly. Well, it had pages, I guess, but it is. <laughs> this is The Walking Dead. Uh, what'd we say? Walking Dead Wednesday. I don't know, man. I'm dizzy from the pages spinning <laughs> off in the li- real life, man. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of had like the the opening to any Marvel movie where they flip through all like the comic book pages oh, going on. That's <laughs> excellent. So, very good. We need to steal that and use that in the opener. This is the Walking Dead Wednesday number one, in which. Uh, you know, by our own admission, the Walking Dead coverage on Comics Monthly Monday has been kind of suffering, as you may have may or may not have noticed over the past few months. We love the Walking Dead. We love covering it. And because we have been kind of neglecting it for the uh, the length of Comics Monthly Monday, we just decided why not just spin it right off into its own podcast. So that's what we decided. <laughs> then to- we have to cover it. <laughs> yep, exactly. So uh, this will be a third week show. Um, it'll it'll come out basically as an adjunct to Comics Monthly Monday during that third week slot. So it'll be the third Wednesday of every month. Look for the Walking Dead week. Uh, I keep wanting to call it weekly Wednesday, rather the Walking Dead Wednesday show. You got that it's, alliteration working. Yeah, exactly. I got Stan Lee disease there for just a minute. So this is episode one. However, you may notice right off the bat, we are not starting with The Walking Dead number one. We're actually starting from where we left off in our regular coverage. So if you want to listen to uh, the the prior 38 episodes or or issues, rather issue sods of The Walking Dead that we have (laughs) covered, then you're just going to have to go back and track those down in comics monthly Monday episodes. But from here on out, we'll be going forward from uh, this is what issue 39 and moving forward for now for this episode we're just going to cover one issue but in the future we may uh cover you know two three a uh, whole story arc um, it just we'll just have to wait and see how things shape up and uh, you know feel free to send us in your your feedback and your suggestions your comments and let us know what you think of the format and uh, how many issues you'd like us to cover that sort of thing and we'll kind of go from there but for now we're uh, just kind of intending this to be Basically the same segment we were going with before, um, looking at being a fairly short and concise show, and uh, but as its own entity this time. So anyway, I'll shut up now and uh, let everyone else uh, introduce themselves here. In what order? I am Chris Honeywell. First. <laughs> I'm Michael Bailey, not Annette. And we have joining us a special guest we have and he gets he he gets the uh maximum points for actually <laughs> being at, <laughs> what chris said a long time ago about you know you get extra bonus points with us if you're actually at work listening to two true freaks well our special guest is actually at work joining us on two true freaks it is our good friend sean engel known as joe anthrax on the uh forumforgeeks.com welcome sean hey thank you for having me and thanks for being here this doesn't yeah well thank you and hopefully this doesn't get me shit canned from work for doing this but (laughs) you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna well i'll promote the podcast but i may not exactly 
promoted to, like you know co-workers who I actually can't give away the fact that I'm podcasting at work. <laughs> Not understandable. Understandable. Now you mean they might like play this at the Christmas party or something like that? Well, yeah. Well, they are big. They are big zombie fans up here. So now know, and yes. Without naming names, you know, to 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 protect the uh, innocent and guilty in this case, yeah. just uh, get, just give us like a like an overview of of where not so much where you work, but just kind of what you do that allows you to uh, screw off this much at work. Well, oddly enough, um, sort of dealing with the uh, dead, I'm I'm a histology technician, so I work with uh, tissue specimens that come in, and basically. At night, they have shipments that get flown in from all over the country to us, and we uh, gross and prep the tissue specimens and get them ready for the doctors to read on microscope slides. So basically a histotech job. But since uh, we're around the holiday season, it slows down really bad. So we are basically sitting around on our ass for like, hours on end waiting for flights to get here so we can have stuff to do so there's the generic description of what i do sitting around waiting for human flesh so yes. so so like basically what you're yeah i was oh. about to say you're like ground oh. zero for a zombie apocalypse to start yeah dude. actually yeah we uh we've never gotten anything uh really deadly you know i think the worst we've gotten we've gotten MRSA the basically the flesh-eating bacteria Ooh, but yeah. nothing just really bad. well i'm not calling for the cdc because that got blown up in an episode one time but so you're talking about human tissue see i thought you were talking about like toilet tissue and i was going to be like dude i usually just throw those things yeah. away but if i you can send you some yeah, <laughs> yeah well, no. if you you know uh, either one toilet tissue uh, i know. can send you some chunks of human tissue if you want them well uh <laughs> Sure, why not? It's Christmas. <laughs> I can just see you in front of your house, like tossing people into a wood chipper or something, too. Not in well, the front of the house, man. I'm no fool. That's. It's the holidays. <laughs> yes, it's... I'm making my front yard a festive red color. It's Santa Claus red. <laughs> You know, if you aim the chipper, you know, you can make shapes. It's wonderful. Oh, the neighborhood kids come and play under it. It's it's awesome. It's like it's like when they open up the fire hydrants in New York City. <laughs> well, that's disturbing. The postmen won't even come into this neighborhood. I don't understand why. We can't get a decent pizza delivered either. Steve Buscemi <laughs> stops by every once in a while, oddly enough. And you think mm. he'd... He'd steer clear of that action, but, you know, No, whatever. but Steve Buscemi doesn't really have much blood to it. It would be like putting the beef jerky <laughs> in a blender, you know what I mean? It's so fun. I, uh, I have to, I have to give it up to, uh, to Saturday Night Live. They did a great sketch with Steve Buscemi playing Commissioner. Oh, yeah. Where Batman keeps showing up in, in like, the most, like, the least likely places, like, in the freaking shower to tell him about something that's going on. Get out of my shower! Aquaman 2. The water's off in my building. Get out now. Put some pants on. 
that, that was actually one of the most funny, that, one of the most funny skits I've seen on Saturday Night Live in a long time. And Buscemi was Look, great as a. It. Yeah, he was great as he was great as Gordon. He was almost as good as Oldman was. So, oh wait, we're talking about the Nolan Batman films. We need to shut the hell up quick. I'll always acknowledge that Gary Oldman is is probably the best Commissioner Gordon ever. Oh, how can you beat Pat Hingle? With a stick or a metal rod? I don't know. <laughs> Actually, Pat Hingle got a raw deal. He was a decent actor that was given absolutely nothing to do in the last three Batman films. No, that's true. What? Oh, surely you you must be jesting. Oh. Catastrophic. Unprecedented. Yep, just goofy dialogue, but uh, what are you going to do? All right. Well, I am the what? What would you call it? A synopsisist? Synopsizer? Synopsizer? Synapse. Synapse. I'm a walking synapse. You're a misfiring synapse, is what you are. Who said anything about firing? All right. So, all right, so it's been a long time since there's been a Walking Dead episode synopsized. So this is episode, issue episode 39, all the, uh, all the regular, you know, Adler and Kirkman. And we, we, we sort of left off uh, with a bit of a standoff where... Um, they don't really say it's a Walmart, but you get a glimpse of the wall. They're at a Walmart, like, getting some supplies outside Woodbury, and they've just blown up the armory. And um, they're having a little standoff with a group of guys from Woodbury that were either attracted to the explosion and saw them there, or they don't really know what's going on. So all the rest of the our, our crew hang out inside the Walmart, and Glenn decides in the last issue that he's going to go out and and, you know smooth this over so we start out with uh glenn's left the store to confront the gang from woodbury and he you know he tells them hey we're just here for supplies you know let's just go our separate ways and the woodbury guy is having none of it you know the explosion already has his radar up and he recognizes glenn from when he was captured at woodbury so he just flat out shoots glenn in the chest and uh, from inside the store, Andrea just puts a bullet right through his, uh, right through his neck. So, uh, and then all of a sudden, you have Michonne coming out of nowhere, and she takes all but one of the other Woodbury guys out with her sword. And uh, you know, they tell the last guy, you know, give it up, you're outnumbered. And he picks up his gun, and they they put him down too. So it turns out that Glenn is still alive because he's wearing his bulletproof armor but his chest is basically like a giant bruise and they're kind of afraid that he might have a cracked rib or something. So they decide to pack up the truck and head back to the prison. Meanwhile, Lori is going right into labor. So Rick rushes her down to the, the I guess you would call it the hospital the, or the infirmary where uh, Alice, who's not really a doctor, but for now is the doctor. And uh, so Glenn... And uh, Billy, who's one of Herschel's kids, decide to go and fire up the generator so they have some light to, to do this delicate operation. So uh, 
they get there but they're just they're you know they're gonna run out of gas with the generators so they decide you know on the spot that they're gonna head outside the prison gates to the uh, parking lot and uh, siphon off some gas from the cars that are left over there so um, as they're as they're siphoning off the gas uh, um, zombie comes out from under the car and just sinks its teeth right into Dale's leg and Dale goes down and hits his head on the car knocking him out Billy just freaks out and basically panics and runs off. And uh, as he's he running back towards the prison, he's intercepted by Andrea Glenn and the rest of the crew who are coming back from from their uh, trip to get supplies. So you know they're they're trying to figure out what's going on, and they look down and Dale has crawled over to them, and his leg is all chewed up. And he said, "Hey, you know." He basically said, he literally says, help, help me out, I'm dying here. He, he woke up from getting knocked out and found one of the zombies just munching on his leg. So, you know, they're staring in horror at, at this spectacle. And as this is going on, um, Lori gives birth to a healthy, bouncing baby girl. And that's how we leave off this episode. Which is quite a bit happening in a small length of time. I'm glad we're only doing one one issue this time because boy, there's a lot to lot happening in this one. Yeah, yeah, now, definitely. Now, do we know? I mean, do we know it's a it's a healthy, alive baby girl? Well, she, to all she, appearances, it is. Right. And they they he he does the standard Kirkman. You know, the last the final pages you see the healthy baby, but he does a little bit of a. Oh my, Lori, your baby is dot dot dot, you know, and you're gonna think dead, zombie, whatever, a girl, you know, and uh, so yeah, you, it's I'm I'm I am definitely making an an assumption, but it to all appearances it appears, you know, nobody's freaking out or anything. It appears the birth has gone off, at least, at least without a hitch, and. uh and of course, the baby is born under the most horrifying circumstances ever. Not only into a zombie apocalypse, but you know, at the moment that Dale's getting chewed on. So pretty, pretty intense. And lightning crashes by live plays in the background. <laughs> I uh, wish, wish that last page where uh, she's holding the baby and saying it's a girl. You know, we see the baby in her hands, and it's all covered in gook and everything, and its its right. eyes are closed, and its mouth is wide open. If this baby is crying, I wish there was like a, you know, I, I know it's very comic booky, but I'd like to see, you know, like a wah, wah or something. Ah, coming off you it. You know, because I'm, I'm wondering, you know, is, is the mouth open like that because the baby's sucking air or taking, you know, crying, taking a breath, or is it going for her? You know, no, I thought I I was under the assumption that the baby doesn't cry till the doctor does the ceremonial first whack on the ass. Yeah, that's kind of a well, movie cliche. That's not yeah, necessarily. If I was a doctor, I would be doing it. But isn't it possible that there's fluid still in the baby's lungs that need to be come out? Oh, yeah, yeah, usually that, what they yeah. do when usually what they do when they have a when they have birth live birth or whatever they uh, have a a syringe where they just basically get in the kid's mouth and they suction out any leftover fluid, leftover amniotic fluid that's in a, and you know, that pretty much clears it out. And as soon as the baby starts crying, you know, they know they've got it all. So 
Nice. Yummy amniotic fluid. Yes. And in true Walking Dead style, it's great, and it's it's great in black and white because just all it it all looks like gore. You know, it is gore actually. <laughs> Blood no, and amniotic fluid. And there's a nice nice um, umbilical cord hanging. Mm-hmm. But you can, but from the look on Alice's face too, look, you can see almost see the relief on her face too. Is another reason why I would assume. Oh, I didn't screw up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's a relief for her on many, many different levels. Cause, really, I mean, oh God, it's been so long since we've, we've covered one of these. But she was, I don't even know. If she, I think she said something about maybe she hadn't even gone to medical school or she had just started going to medical school or whatever. She was just basically picking stuff up from um, helping the doctor and reading textbooks <laughs> to, to catch up. So, Yeah, I don't think in the comic they even mentioned if she was, you know, had any nursing or, you know, medical background at all. So, yeah, for her to actually help deliver a healthy baby, you know, first try just from reading books is pretty impressive. It is impressive, but then again, you know, people have been giving birth to babies for, you this know, is true. Drop, dropping them in, you know, in the middle of the field and the uh, during tilling season and stuff <laughs> like that, you know. Back I don't know nothing days. about birth no babies. Yeah. So, but yeah, still, yeah, I, I, well, I remember a few issues back, Alice was like, I've been reading up on how to do this, but, you know, it's, it's all new for me too, well, you know. Here's the thing is that you can read a book on childbirth all day yeah. long and you can watch videos and stuff there. I don't think there are any other and forgive me for referring it to, to it like this, because I'm not trying to downplay the miracle of childbirth, but there are very few medical procedures that can go tango uniform quicker mm -hmm. than, than delivering a baby. I mean, not only do you have to worry about the mother's health, right. Um, you know, with with bleeding and infection and all that kind of stuff. And the fact that sometimes, and this is going to sound nasty, yeah. that, that, that stuff can get torn up pretty bad. Yeah. And you have yep. to kind of stitch it back together. Yeah. But, you know, the baby or could be breached. forget about the, Caesar, cesarean, yeah. Yeah. The, the baby could be breached. The baby could have the umbilical cord wrapped around its neck. I mean, the baby could have something exactly. horribly, horribly wrong with it that they weren't aware of because they weren't getting any kind of, uh, like, state-of-the-art medical care while, she, while the child was in utero. So it's just like the fact that this went off like a hitch. And really, when you think about it, the fact that humanity survived as long as it did before we had the more modern ways of delivering babies. Um, yeah, I'm kind of surprised we're all here right now. <laughs> like, wow, <laughs> that's amazing. I'm not because we like to screw. Well, that is true. <laughs> Love to screw. We're gonna yeah, we're yeah. gonna try to do it twenty four seven. So that's I think that's probably why we survive. I think that's probably why that impulse is built in, <laughs> because otherwise, yeah, we'd be doomed. Doom. I mean, even in the zombie apocalypse, that's that's working its magic. Uh, uh life uh finds a way. <laughs> oh. Oh. 
no Jeff Goldblum. Please don't ruin our Walking Dead, Jeff Goldblum. Don't bring wa Jeff Goldblum into our Walking Dead. The history of evolution has taught us that life will not be contained. Life breaks free, it expands to new territories, and it crashes through barriers painfully, maybe even dangerously, but... Uh, oh, there it is. <laughs> Nobody puts Who Jeff let Goldblum him in, in here? the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Only if he's Brendelfly can he come in. <laughs> Yeah, but then he's gonna break Scott's arm. Arm wrestling. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> then he'll vomit up on Chris's and, and, and watch then, it dissolve. Ugh. And then have have sex with some trashy girl in a jean jacket. So, oh. There's nothing. I haven't seen that. that movie in forever. I you and I saw that movie in Syracuse at the at the mall in Syracuse. Did we? Yeah. I love that movie. I really do. I don't know what we were doing there or why, but I remember we went and saw The Fly. <laughs> I even like the second one a little bit. It's goofy, but I like the second one too. Getting back to this, <laughs> I was noticing uh, I do have one nitpick for this issue, but it's, I, I felt it was a pretty significant nitpick. It's on uh, page two. All right, the second panel there, the, the ball-headed guy the whatever these guys are supposed to be townies or whatever he's got glenn he's holding glenn at gunpoint now the muzzle of the gun if you line it up straight across the panel looks like it's pretty much aimed right in glenn's mouth now the next panel he actually shoots glenn and the sound effect says boom and it's knocking glenn back on his ass and that to me looks like a shotgun blast. Yes. And that's he, really the impression here is that he's been shot with a shotgun. No, he's got a popper. He's got a popper sound gun. That's an M16. So unless he's got it on um, semi-automatic where he could actually just squeeze off like one round at a time, then I'll, I'll buy that. Otherwise, if it was full auto... You know, Glenn's toast because for one thing, people tend to lift the uh, right. The so his head would fire. So yeah, he'd, he'd shoot him in the head. All right, but even if it was one shot, I'm you know, having actually used one of these, I'm gonna say I don't really buy that he could survive an almost point blank M16 round to the chest, to the chest. You know, armor or not. Yeah, you know, I was going to ask about that. I mean, with this caliber of rifle, would he be able to withstand that kind of shot with armor? Well, well most armor isn't truly like what you would say bulletproof. bulletproof you know, yeah, it's, it's basically really bullet retardant. Retardant, you know? exactly. It's, now, I, I think what should this should be a shotgun. If it was a shotgun, it's more realistic because then you know the the panel of him you know where it says boom and he's being blasted backwards. I'm willing to buy that. I, I think you probably could survive a shotgun blast to, you know, quote unquote, bulletproof armor. But an M16 that close, I, you know, I just don't really buy it. Plus, when we see later when Glenn lifts up the vest and, and we see his chest again, those that's more consistent with shotgun. It a even looks like out shotgun. Blast. Yeah, you know, by the welts on him, it almost looks like a double barrel shotgun blast. So I'm almost wondering if maybe Kirkman wrote it that way and Adler just drew it, uh, you know, as the basically as the wrong gun. 
I don't know. It's it's possible, but I I I thought that I thought that too. I thought that was uh, you know, just from, you know, and a lot of times those those you know like bulletproof vests and stuff. They're they're sort of they'll stop a bullet if it comes at you from a weird angle or as a ricochet or something like that. Right. But they're not made. They're not made to just like, you know, put a gun up to and shoot. You know, and you know, I mean. Uh, the only realistic thing about that was that he was knocked down, knocked out, and uh, you know, bruised the hell up. But right, um, I think they were just getting into the uh, th- this one. You know, God bless The Walking Dead with its realism and its serious tone. But every once in a while, they just throw you some gore and violence just for the hell of it. Like when when Michonne comes in and like starts hacking people up with the. With, yeah. the, with the sword when she when she takes the, there's a there is a guy with a shotgun there with a pump shotgun she takes both his hands off and it's just gratuitous but i love it he's he has, was wearing a bracelet <laughs> and yep. the bracelet's just sort of suspended in the air there you know just like yeah that was that was one of my comments as well one of my notes as well that <clears throat> that was kind of cool that he that she takes off both of his hands and while that's happening that bracelet just flies off in the air and that they still drew that as well yes and and he's and he's looking he's looking at it going holy shit <laughs> there go my hands look at my bracelet <laughs> and at least michelle shown is nice and like beheads him right because after she takes the hands off him he's not a threat anymore she could have just gone off to someone else but she's nice and finishes him off just to be yeah well, that would be pretty horrible to leave somebody in that world with no hands yeah. you know I don't think he'd be alive for more than a few minutes with both hands chopped off unless you got him cauterized or... Oh, yeah, this is true, too, yeah. Or, you know, there wouldn't be anybody to tie it. He couldn't, you know, he couldn't put on a tourniquet. <laughs> he would have a hell of a time unless he's talented with his feet. Yeah, this is this is this point in the story where these survivors, you're starting to see that they're operating like a well-oiled machine now you know they not only are they survivors but now they're banded together and that when when the shit comes down they they don't they don't fuck around you know that um that they got out of this situation with glenn with a few bruises or maybe cracked ribs is really good especially with what we know about uh woodbury and its inhabitants you know it wasn't wasn't looking good at all where was Axel this whole time? Axel was he was <laughs> in, in bathroom, Walmart. Yeah, he was he was uh, yeah cuz he just sort of comes on and he's just like I heard some shots. What's going on? Like dumped yeah, it him. He was token up one. He I found th- some he found someone's stash in the back of Walmart and he was rolling himself a fatty. Yeah, but at this point at this point in zombie apocalypse, I don't think you worry about um getting high. Well, no, I, I mean, I would be, but I wouldn't be worried about, like, I wouldn't be worried about, like, oh, shit, where should I go hide out? And you would do this? that if it was a butterfly apocalypse. Come on, be honest. Dude, if, when would be the better time to smoke some pot than the butterfly apocalypse, man? <laughs> That's my apocalypse. Well, I'm just surprised that when he walks out that... It's right after the rainbow apocalypse, man. Somebody wasn't like, yeah, and where were you when all this was... Because you know, I really got the impression he was kind of waiting it out to see, you know, who the victors were in this little battle before he wandered out, you know? Well, frankly, 
when you have a battle, if you got Tyrese, Andrea, if, if shit, if you got Tyrese and Andrea there, you know, Axel's no comparison to either of those. You got the two top, those two are bad at, and Michonne, <laughs> you know, Ty, um, I don't know how much Axel could have added, but yeah, Axel's a, he's a long time, you know, lifer prisoner. You know, he, I, he, I'm sure he doesn't trust anybody and plays all his cards close to the chest and, and, you know, tries to, you know, tries to make sure that he's always going to be on the, at least the side that's still alive or, you know, especially at this point, I don't think there's been a lot of time that they've actually been at that, at the prison now, but, but by this time, what, like a couple months, maybe if, if even that, I don't know, even know if they've been there that long. Yeah, I always got the impression that a, a significant amount of time had gone by. I, I don't know how much exactly, but yeah, they've they've been here a, a good little bit by this point. Oh, it's been it's been nine months since the beginning of the story, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because I guess you'd have to figure out how much time did they spend at the camp in total. Um you know, before they had to leave and, and they wound up at the prison. Cause yeah, the total amount of time between uh, Lori and Shane, you know, arriving in Atlanta and scromp inside, you know, inside the road, you know, if this is indeed Shane's baby, I don't, I don't know that we ever, I mean, do we know that conclusively? I don't think we ever do because I think Rick was, well, a, there ain't no DNA tests. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, B. Yeah. We, uh, Rick. Uh, Rick basically said, "I don't want to know. You know, I don't care. You know, it's 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 your baby. It's our baby. You know, that's how it's gonna go. You know. Right. I mean, frankly, Shane's Shane's dead. <laughs> you know, there's, he has nothing to. There's there's bigger fish for Rick to fry than jealousy at the over a dead friend at this at this point, and. Divorce would be awkward <laughs> in a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> but um, the, have, does anybody else notice that Andrea's scar on her face often makes her look like she's wearing one of those headset phones? <laughs> Whenever I see her, it always looks like she's got like the earpiece with the you know with the headset going going out, like uh, like Laura Croft or something. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Well, for me, the the big moment in this issue ha has got to be um, Dale getting bitten, because uh. he he's right up there. He's probably my number two favorite character, right behind Rick. I, I love Dale. And, yeah, me too. You know, seeing him getting bitten. I mean, this is this is a death sentence. You know, we we know this right from the very beginning of the book. Yeah, I mean, it's. And, you know, of course, it was zombie, you know, part of zombie lore well before The Walking Dead. You know, you, you get bit, right. you die. And so, you know, we've we've basically seen, you know, now he is literally he is The Walking Dead because, well, you know, how, how much longer is he going to be around after this? Well, when you see someone get bit, it's almost a relief to see the rest of the zombies crowd in and eat them up you right. know, and finish them off. But this one, like Glenn's bit. So basically what happens is then you pick up whatever it is that, that you know, the virus or whatever it is that, that ails you, 
and you get sick and you die and you come back. Basically, if you it, basically death brings on zombieism too. It seems like right in this too. So yeah. So but it, yeah, when you get bit, it de- that means death is snapping at your heels because it's not long before the infection takes over. So it's when you see Dale crawling up on him, it's just like oh man, you know this this is going to be painful because you know we're go- you know he's alive right so you know you know you know some and it's dale nobody's going to be like let's put this guy out of his misery or something you know it's well that would have been a great way to to end the issue though it's just like as with the birth of Lori and rick's daughter they they take out one of the main cast members they, they have to they have to put one of the well i think um the main reason that didn't even come close to happening is because Andrea was right there when they when they found him too, and you know, that's his that's his woman. Well, I was I was gonna say the the thing about the whole zombie thing. It seems like people turn into zombies usually only if they get bit. I mean, has there been a case where a person has come back to life having not been bit? I mean, Shane. Well, Shane, yeah. The girls, Shane is the, only one. the girls that got beheaded. Yeah. That's that's what made so, Rick have to go back and kill Shane because he realized that he was buried underground and alive again. So basically, death is, you know, you know, however you die, you're going to come back, which is horrifying. I mean, that right. makes it even more horrifying than the fact that you're, you know... If you avoid being bit, even if you die of natural causes, you're going to come back and potentially try and bite someone. So that's eat your family, right? Right, exactly. I like that a lot. That feels very. uh, I don't know. It it just works for me because the the first zombie thing I can ever remember seeing was the remake of Dawn of the Dead, and at the end of that. Um, one of the characters locks himself in the basement of the house. Oh, you mean Night of the Living Dead? What did I say? Dawn of the Dead. I'm sorry, Night of the, yeah, that's right, Night of the Living Dead. I'm sorry, Night of the Living Dead. The the but the remake, which I actually right. liked a, a whole lot better. The, the Tom Savini one. Yeah, and at the end of it, one of the characters locks himself in the basement, and when they come back to the house at the very end of the movie to investigate they open the door and that character comes walking up the steps and he's a zombie. He'd actually bled out down in the basement. He hadn't been bitten at all. And I liked that. It added an extra horror element because that was when you realize that it doesn't matter how you die, you're going to become one of them no matter what. And I liked that. And it kind of set, you know, that movie kind of set zombie world for me of, of what to expect, you know, in a zombie story. So I like that that that's in this, you know, uh, the same thing that, you know, yeah, if you get bit, you die, but it doesn't really matter in the long run, no matter how you die, you're going to become one of them. And that, that just makes it that much more horrific because, you know, that army of undead just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, no matter what. It's as long as there's people, they will be undead. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So there's not really an end to this ever. You know, as long as there's people, as long as as long as people. Yeah. As long as there are living people, there's always going to be, 
the the walking dead and that's just what a thought you know there's a there's an end to it but it ain't pretty <laughs> basically is what it you know because that, i think that's one of the you know i i've read you know as these you know the the whole zombie craze has gotten bigger and bigger i've read an awful lot of things you know in books and the internet and everywhere you know uh, of scenarios of you know what would you do and you know if this were real how would you survive and what would you do and I've seen a lot of people say, well, couldn't you just hole up somewhere and wait it out? Well, if it was this scenario where no matter how you die, you become one of them. I mean, unless you were completely alone, you know, and you were literally the last human being on Earth, there's no way you're going to wait it out. Because right. so long as you have other people around you, if one of them dies, they're going to become one of them. So, I mean, you can't just wait around for, you know, the, all the undead to just rot away or, or get to a, a decom, you know, decomposition state where they can't chase you anymore because there's always going to be fresh yeah. dead people. You know? What a horrible thought. Well, what, a, what an awful way to live. Maybe in the future you could rig up these like like um, a sort of snake Pliskin, you know, bomb inside the bloodstream that blows up once the heartbeat stops. <laughs> of course, that would that would suck if your bomb malfunctioned early on, you know. It was just like, or you had, were one of those people who had a heart murmur. Or something. I was just like, gonna no, say, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah, you have a heart palpitation and your head blows up. So, yeah, that would yeah, suck. Yeah, yeah, one of your friends like decides to jump out from around the corner and blows you up. <laughs> or it's right in the middle of having sex. Well, I guess the only huh. good thing you could say about that's an okay about way about the go. idea of mind-blowing sex the whole uh you know reanimating is that you're not going to get people who have died prior to the whole zombie breakout coming back you're just going to get people who died after it so you're not going to get you know grandma and grandpa crawling out of the grave right right as much you know, as I've out. always liked that visual I'm yeah I, I'm <laughs> glad it's not like that though because you want to see your grandma and grandpa crawl out of their no, graves? No, I didn't mean That's that. I mean, I, I like, you know, there's a great Stephen King story in the Book of the Dead, which was a, an anthology book about, it was basically set in Romero's uh, Dead trilogy. You know, and it was different horror writers take on, you know, the basically on Night of the Living Dead. You know, what happens when the dead walk? And he did a great story and he followed all of the tropes of the Night of the Living Dead movie. But the one change that he made, which in his story I really liked, but I wouldn't like to see it like say become like part of dead, lore is that the the dead of the cemetery, because it takes place, you know, like so many of Stephen King's uh, stories do. It takes place on this island, you know, somewhere in, in New England. And it's like a fishing town type of thing. But all of the, the dead that are already dead and buried, it's basically the cemetery comes back to life. And, and that's the walking dead in that story. And yeah, I don't like that as much as, you know, the zombie apocalypse. I, I like that scenario better rather than the, the dead that are dead and buried, you know, coming back. But I do like that visual of, you know, the, the the headstones toppling over and the arms coming out of the ground. I mean, that's a pretty right. horrific image, you know. Where's my cake? <laughs> yeah. Where's my cake, Virginia? I didn't fight no WW2 to come back from the dead. <laughs> Stay off my grave. 
<laughs> just the the uh, it always bothered me as a kid the whole you know that that these skeletons could get out of a coffin and six feet of dirt and you know in modern days they pour concrete around the right. coffin and everything because god forbid a worm would ever eat a person's corpse but uh yeah that that the, they you know that that was always like yeah a symbolic neat thing but not very plausible in in the whole scenario you know i can picture you know in in a, a zombie apocalypse if that happened maybe the graveyard being full of if you put a stethoscope up to the ground you could maybe hear them thrashing around inside their their tombstones and stuff which would be pretty creepy too yeah that that's that yeah that's a horrific thought but uh i don't think they'd ever get out you know that that's why i like that's that was a good the um kill bill movies had a good sequence in there of somebody having to get out of being buried alive in a coffin and how difficult it was and actually mythbusters disproved that that could yeah i'm sure it couldn't actually be done but you know she had mystic kung fu training to punch through stuff so you gotta how can mythbusters you know put in an equation for that you can it's just pure i i like how you're defending the film by disparaging mythbusters process of how they disprove I'm not, a myth well, I'm, not saying that, I'm, I'm saying it's undisprovable because you can't measure magic man or supernatural it's you know she had wow, the supernatural baby. magic <laughs> the super magic natural claw hand punch you know of a, of a, sorry the way you just said you can't disprove magic man I'm just like well turn it up man <laughs> 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 no, I don't want to sound like the guy who's trying, like trying to prop up the magic by going. You can't disprove magic because I'm actually the uh, guy I, who's I like. I thought we were about this. to start yeah. hawking Freedom Rock. So, dude, I love me some Freedom Rock. <laughs> Is that Freedom oh, they... Rock, man? Yeah, man. We'll turn it up, man. They sure knew how to make horribly like just bad ads in those days. <laughs> yes. They don't make they don't make horrible ads like that anymore. They're too competent. <laughs> they're they're still bad, but they're competent at some level. So it just isn't as fun as like the first uh, time Freedom Rock ad came on, and you go, "Really? Are those supposed to be?" You know, they're like, "Hey, you two guys, come over here. We're gonna put these shirts on you in a wig, and now you're hippies." Okay. Now, now people are functionally retarded in commercials. I mean, <laughs> have you ever tried to crack an egg? And they like got it, they got it shaking their heads and throwing it down in frustration. Yeah. Have you ever tried to butter bread? I don't know. Yes, actually, I do it every day, and I do it are rather you, well. Why are, are you letting this person use a knife? Are you are your wrists swollen from the repetitive motion of sloshing back and forth with your butter on your toast? Well, enough of that. We've got the butter genie. Bling. <laughs> Just Hi, one Billy s- Mays here, back from the dead. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> May I Earth chew on your leg for a little while? A zombie Billy Mays. <laughs> In the In Walking Dead. The- there must be a zombie Billy Mays. We have we'll, to petition. He'll be the spokesman for this show. Hi there, Billy Mays, back from the dead to tell you about Walking Dead Wednesday. That would be awesome. 
<laughs> we should do a whole run of Walking Dead promos with famous celebrities back from awesome. the dead. We could even do famous celebrities that aren't dead yet, just to be rude. Like, it's Jerry Lewis! <laughs> Lady! Lady, back from the dead! Oh, what oh were you talking about? with the brains! <laughs> this was a great issue, though. I, I really enjoyed it. I, uh... This is one I, of those holy shit issues. Yeah, but I, I do love the fact that Axel's just like, what's going on? I heard gunshots. Is everybody okay? It's like, wow, you are either cool under pressure or you just don't give a fuck. <laughs> it could be both. <laughs> could be a little bit of both. I like how this Axel's is Axel's one of my favorite something. characters, too. Uh, I also like how this is wall something. Not Walmart, because we don't want to get sued, but wall something. Well, but um, didn't they... Didn't they mention that they were going to a Walmart somewhere in the issue? I thought they said. I, I know, think we're you could say the words Walmart. I don't think you can show the iconography of Walmart. Uh, the 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 copy. I know, and it's so funny because, it, you know, I could see Walmart being like, I don't know, I don't want they they don't want people to think that they're promoting The Walking Dead or they somehow have something to do with it because it's so violent or something. But wouldn't you, as Walmart, want? your customers to know that Walmart would still be there for you even in the, in the you know what would be the a worst zombie, a zombie greeter <laughs> oh, the Walmart I love your brains get your shit get out <laughs> no here's the thing about Walmart if, if the zombie apocalypse ever happens and, and you find a super Walmart stay as far away from the grocery side as you possibly can and if you do go to the paint department and get some of those industrial grade like breathing masks because I'm telling you right now, two weeks after there's no electricity oh. in the milk department and the meat department oh. and all those vegetables, that's going to be a fucking horror show. Yeah, I mean, but it's... I gotta say, by this time and I have never I, uh, uh, that's a lie, I actually have smelled the smell of rotting human flesh but that's another story for another time. Nice. But I have smelled the smell of rotting. I thought you human put some stick ups down in your basement. This is a good no, place for not a stick his up. basement is crawl space. Yeah. Or as, he likes, or as he likes to call it Gacy Land. Well, it's like it's it's like the trekker trekkie thing, you know. Everybody's got the, the It puts the lotion on the skin or crawl, else again. Crawl space basement abandoned well. You know, we all know what we're talking about. No, yeah. this was Actually, just to, just so people don't know, just so people don't suspect me anymore of being a mass murderer, any more than they already do, I should say. Um, back in the day, th now this is just as sketchy, but my father has passed away, so I can bring it up. My father had acquired a human scalp from medical students who. Well, I would it hope he'd be born with one from a cadaver. But I'm <laughs> shut up, you. And <laughs> and. Uh, um, he was going to embalm it, but and it was packed in salt, and he put it in our garage, and then he never got around to it because it freaked him out too much. And I and he finally paid me ten dollars to go and throw it out one day, and let me tell you, it was a, one of the foulest, most like instantly like you know urge to vomit things. So those guys have got to be used to the smell of putrefying human flesh with. You know, you know, clearing out zombies and, you know, all that, that like a Walmart section, that might be like a breath of fresh air for them. That might be like, you know, 
walking past the, the perfume bodega in the mall when they spritz you. But I've often thought that too, Mike. I've often thought like, man, if the if you know people are gonna make a run on the on the on the supermarkets and stuff, but a couple weeks after any kind of collapse or apoco zombie apocalypse, yeah, supermarkets are gonna be like walking into a uh just a pit of death. I also really dig the fact that Lori's like, you are sitting your ass down and staying right here, Rick, because you're not leaving me on this one. Oh, yeah, he's trying to get out of there, too. He's looking for something to do. He's just like, I'm going to do something productive. And she's no. like, uh-uh. <laughs> you know what's productive? Staying right here. I'm going to go Lori. edit a podcast. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll be right back. Yeah, that's one note I had that Lori definitely channeled a uh you know a linda blair face on that i was like okay is she getting ready to give birth or is she getting ready to have her head spin around and spit up pea green soup well from the people i know who've actually been at a childbirth it can get like that yeah i, oh, yeah. I know I'll, a guy whose wife grabbed him by the throat and pulled him down face to face with her and she said look at me look at me you did this to me you and then like pushed him backwards nicest lady in the world too <laughs> just not at that Sweet. particular moment in time not when every single hormone in her body is being like dumped at one at, at, in one second i noticed in in true holy shit episode style we don't see any of the kids in any of this this is like just a pure adult shit hitting the fan episode which you know Kirkman likes to throw these throw these in every once in a while where he lets you think okay things are calming down a little bit we're, we're gonna get into the human drama and then, and then Dale kapow. lost his hat too somebody's heating something up in the microwave <laughs> well you know if you want to know creepiness right now I'm actually finished oh, with yes. the uh, roasting part of my work and I'm putting the tissue on a processor to, to basically cook it. So there you go. Creepiness. Oh, Creepiness my begotten. hero. Oh, you're my hero. You're cooking human flesh while we're... Well, you know, technically it's what you kind of have to do if you want to do the whole processing and cutting it and all that stuff, so... There you go. got some mayonnaise I, and mustard. I'm oh, I'm picturing I'm picturing you know a scene I'm picturing Hannibal with 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 Sean sitting at a table and like one of his coworkers with the top of his skull off just sort of half drugged sitting there going, "Ah, oh, what you what are you cooking, Sean?" Mm, well, you want to try some? <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> Do you ever find yourself going to Amazon.com and uh, buying some record or movie or some stupid thing that two true freaks have been talking about so that you can catch up on it or you've been reminded of it or something? Well, now, how about this? Instead of going to Amazon.com, go to twotruefreaks.libson.com and follow our link to Amazon.com. When you do that, if you buy something over at Amazon, we get a little cut out of it which is awesome because we love money. 
and it won't cost you a thing. Did you know you can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows? That's right. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy, and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.libson.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Libsyn is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. Dumbass. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of... Two True Freaks. Two True Freaks has been brought to you today by Damanzo Corps of Milan, Italy, and by the letters F and U.